yourself. You will not take her from me! Your anger and your lust for power have already done that. You have allowed this Dark Lord to twist your mind until now. Until now you have become the very thing you swore to destroy. Don't lecture me, Obi-Wan. I see through the lies of the Jedi. I do not fear the dark side as you do. I have brought peace, freedom, justice, and security to my new empire. Your new empire? Don't make me kill you. Anakin, my allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy! If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. I will do what I must. You will try. Well, that was Hayden Christensen not acting. Um, this <laughs> is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. And I'm John. And we all know how this movie started, right? I mean, the, the epic scene where the Enterprise is like losing a battle with General Grievous in a space fight, and Obi-Wan and Anakin come and rescue him. Yeah. Isn't that how this movie starts? <laughs> the, the Star Trek people are just going to just murder you in your sleep. Like, you just... You will not leave the Enterprise out of these episodes, will you? <laughs> That's not what happens? Like, Picard's taking fire, and Obi-Wan and Anakin's like, we've got to save him? No, uh-uh. Oh, okay. Yeah, Picard doesn't have force powers. You're, you're uh, mixing universes too much here. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, this is uh, Revenge of the Sith. This is episode three, Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith. One of the greatest Star Wars movies ever. Let's face it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you haven't read the comments on this yet, have you, Steve? <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, I just, I could probably guess. Oh, oh man. Yeah, so like on the other episodes, um, there was, it, it's gotten, th there's progressively less as you go through the movies because episode one has like 3,500 com comments total. Attack of the Clones had like 3,400. This one has like 33, so... Okay, a it's, little less. It's a little so. less comments, but there's still just as much hate, you know. But the one thing that I did notice is that if you look at a lot of the hate comments on this movie in particular, the hate really comes from around like 2005. People, like ones that I found that were from like, you know, 2013, 2014... People that maybe were like going back to watch it before probably like Force Awakens come out, you know, to see how it was different compared to, you know, 
or to see like you know kind of like jog their memory of like what the the newer movies were going to be like and what the older ones were like and stuff like that but a lot of the newer comments from like 2013 2014 they gave it pretty good marks you know eights nines tens there was a bunch of tens well it's kind of crazy that you say that because this was the highest grossing film of 2005 yeah it beat everyone in the box office and there was you know some pretty respectable movies also up against it at the same time you look that up if you want to um <laughs> the budget was 113 million so it was actually a little less than the previous two uh and it made uh 380 million um in the box office um so that <laughs> i mean it was a pretty successful movie there's some um there were some issues a little bit, like um, one of them was uh, Gary Oldman was supposed to voice General Grievous, but um, what Lucas did wasn't part of the Actors Guild, so Gary Oldman decided not to be in it. Yeah. Um, Lucas has always had issues with like even like like the Directors Guild. Yeah, uh, Lucas so. usually stands apart from the guild, so Gary Oldman. Signed on to do the movie, and then, um, you know, really didn't, and, uh, he wanted to, but he did, he felt like it would be, like, it's against, you know, loyal, it would be unloyal to do it, uh, to the actor's guild. Uh. Would have been epic to have him do the voice of General Grievous, though. It would have been, um, General Grievous, uh, breathing problems and exposed gut sack was caused by Mace Windu. That's something that's explored in like the the cartoons and stuff. Yeah, the the animated uh, Clone Wars shorts that they did on Cartoon Network. That was one of the things. Is when Grievous was trying to flee, uh, Mace did like a, you know, not like a forced choke, but he like kind of did like a thing to like collapse his like chest plate in. And well, that's... no, it, it was pretty much a forced choke. But let's not forget. <laughs> Let's not forget. I mean, I, I'm trying to sugarcoat it, but it was basically a forced joke. Let's not forget Mace Windu is basically what the new people called, like, Grey Jedis. Yeah. Because um, we explored this on a previous episode where Mace uses some of the dark side to to, to do his lightsaber fighting style. Which, um, Disney's thing is people can be Force-sensitive without many chlorines and stuff like that, but... Lucas's version was you either had to be born with it or you weren't. You couldn't learn it. Uh, Grievous was actually... That's not how the Force works. <laughs> that's not how the Force works. Uh, Sifo Diaz, uh, uh, blood was actually injected into General Grievous, and that's how he was able to learn Jedi arts, but he couldn't use the Force. But him being able to wield a lightsaber was because he had, you know, Jedi DNA in him, but then Disney changed that when they, whenever they bought um, just already wrecking canon, Disney. Yeah, they're just like, <laughs> nope, fuck that. Anybody can be a Jedi, which that's one of the things that's kind of bullshit about that. Not anybody should be able to be a Jedi. Because some people just don't have the Force sensitivity, but, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that because <laughs> one thing we learned after watching The Last Jedi is that, dear God, there's some people that hate that movie. So yeah. that's I think one of the things that uh, what what happened there. <laughs> Sorry, that was my 
Amazon tap. Connected to Bluetooth. We're we're we are not sponsored by Amazon. That was my Amazon tap acting retarded. <laughs> we're definitely not now. <laughs> but yeah. uh so yeah. Anyway, was... so back to last <laughs> See, I think people don't realize that we do this in one take. Like, if we have, like, Yeah, problems, that's in. That's, that's in. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to edit that out. <laughs> that bitch from Amazon's part of our show now. Yeah. But, uh... Which, yeah. I was saying, like, why don't they get different voices where people could like, maybe, like, buy different voice apps for it? Like, like have, like, Samuel L. Jackson talk to you on the Amazon? Wouldn't that be kick-ass instead of, like, this generic chick voice? Yeah, or if you're gonna have a woman's voice, have it be something like really, really cool, like Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale or Emma Stone. Yeah, it, I mean, you'd probably sell like you know five trillion of those if you had Emma Stone doing the voice of it. Yeah, all to me. Yeah, basically, <laughs> Stephen just bought all of them, and it's like I just want to be surrounded by Emma Stone's voice. It's like, yeah, that's not at all creepy, Steve. <laughs> Meanwhile, over at my house, I got Zoe Saldana's, so. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but don't, yeah don't judge us. Yeah, don't judge us. <laughs> Look, we know what we like. We like really cool accents. Or yes. in the case of Emma Stone, just anything that she says. <laughs> yeah. But she was uh, like house bunny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we we have we've name dropped House Bunny, like I think that's the second time. It's that... a great movie. <laughs> Not even Emma Stone's best movie, but I just like saying House Bunny. Yeah. You know. Because Anna Ferris. Anna awesome. Ferris, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I'm imagining at some point we will probably do uh, since we're kind of wrapping up the prequels here with this one, we'll more than likely do the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. There's a lot of hate on those. Uh, there might be a little bit of time separation, but we will get back on them. Yeah. Because uh, we like defending. And who knows? That are good. We might even do like the original Star Wars trilogy because I could I probably find I could probably find people that hate the original trilogy just as much. So, you know, we might be able to do all nine episodes of Star Wars because there's that much there's that much hate for the Star Wars universe. I could probably find it for any movie. Well, now you can pretty much find anybody hating anything at any certain point in time. Yeah. Hate just seems to be everywhere. It's like... It's Stanley like, Kubrick was overrated. Right. Guy was a hack, man. He didn't make good <laughs> movies. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, how many masterpieces did you direct, loser? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but anyway, uh, so we are talking about Revenge of the Sith. So uh, when you look at the, the hate for this, and I think that there's a lot of things about this movie that people repeat and that's one of the things when i was going through the comments on this that i noticed was that people still hate the cgi and i'm gonna get into a lot of that in here people still don't like the acting uh people you know still think that you know some of these things that they do in the prequels contradict things that happened in the original trilogy and like things that obi-wan said and yoda said are supposed to be contradicted in these but you know the thing is is when you start digging through some of this stuff you're on the third part of these star wars prequels right so for the, all these people that said that they hated it they watched the other two movies so you can't hate it too much if you've already watched two of them and now you're watching revenge of the sith and then you're like well i still don't like these why are you still watching them <laughs> that makes no sense 
It's Steve, if you'd watched two movies of something and then the third movie comes out and you didn't like this the, the first two, would you watch the third one? No. Exactly. It just doesn't make any sense. Like I don't understand how people could go to this movie and then they just automatically are going in knowing that they're going to hate it. Why? But anyway, so we're going to dig into some of the hate that's on these. And the first one I actually found on a on a on the website Quora which uh, we used for the Phantom Menace. So I found uh, another list of like things that people said that they didn't like. And this one is from uh, Michael Bowser. And he, Michael he, Bay? <laughs> no, not Michael Bay. Um, now, this guy actually put some effort in what he was doing, but, you know, unlike <laughs> Bay. So... <laughs> um, so... Uh, so this uh, not so, an attack on Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So um, his uh, little subtitle that he made for himself was "Star Wars enthusiast," and this was uh, August first, twenty fifteen. Right. So this is very, very new because twenty fifteen is basically when Force Awakens comes out. Yeah. You know, this guy decided when Force Awakens came out, he wanted to talk about Revenge of the Sith. No, he was actually talking about it a little bit ahead of time because this was August first. When he did it, so he was kind of probably waiting for Force Awakens to come out, and was like, "Well, he I'm gonna really angry. Let, let me go bash Revenge of the Sith. Let me go on Quora. Well, waiting for the Force Awakens. Yeah, because I hate all these movies, but I'm, I'm excited for the new one. <laughs> um, I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna see it, but I'm gonna hate it afterwards. I'm just gonna hate myself, you know. Uh, but anyways, he says, uh, "Now, while I'm someone who isn't a huge fan of the prequels, I don't outright hate them like many people out there." That said, I can think of a few reasons that it doesn't fly. Whenever someone says that, that means they're immediately going to hate them. Right. Uh, <laughs> they're kind of like pre-warning you, like, look, I'm going to be really super hateful here for a this minute. This makes me look not like a hater when I say this comment, but I'm definitely a fucking hater. Right. <laughs> Uh, but it says, uh, number one, Anakin and Padme's relationship was just too wooden and dull. Uh, one can say that this was due to their relationship not not really being one out of uh, love. And so they were trying too hard and nothing was genuine. But even so, I found it hard to believe that they even wanted to be together. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, the Emperor and Yoda's battle was cool, but that seemed to be uh, too much of the reason it was in the movie. We know the... Uh, we. <laughs> I'm going to read this verbatim because this is bad. We know be the original trilogy that both survive, so the dramatic tension is lacking. We know be. <laughs> we know be that the uh, emotional tension's got to be lacking because nobody wants to see Yoda and the Emperor fight. Right. Because we know they both survive. I mean, it's a who, Sith Lord and the Grand Master of the Jedi Order. Who's not going to want to yeah, see that? We don't want to see that because we know they both live. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> What's this guy's uh, name? Dick Anus? No, it's it's uh, Michael Bowser, but okay. it might be Ballsack. We're not sure. <laughs> uh, um, that's probably uh, some name he made up to John cover Ham's it up. Chode. <laughs> right. John Ham for president. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so it says uh, number three. Vader's anguish was a little over the top. The no was a little out of place. I guess I would have preferred more of a quiet, seething anger like we see later. Well, apparently you don't get Star Wars. The nose kind of a traditional Skywalker thing. Yeah. So, learn the fucking 
Learn Star Wars. Right. These people that, that always talk about, like... The nose the, iconic. Yeah. Because, I mean, what, is, what does Luke say as soon as he sees Vader strike Obi-Wan and he becomes a ghost? And no! He's like, no! You know, he, like, screams more, it out. More bitchy-like, you know, because he was still young then. Yeah. Well, Skywalkers are kind of, like, they're, they're sort of... They're all really emotionally bitchy, so... When they're in their teenage years, especially. Yeah, don't get too caught up on that. That's just a part of it. Yeah. But the the one, and I, and I heard like an interesting little theory that somebody said that the reason that when he, he first steps off the thing and then he asks, you know, or like when he, he asks the uh, the emperor, he asks Palpatine, you know, what, what happened to Padme, and he tells him that he's so, like, uh, aggravated, he's so frustrated that uh, the box that he has that does his like his voice box basically that it it uses like an assist and this is just like a theory i don't even know if this is actually true or not but the idea is is that uh when he because his vocal cords are severely damaged from the ass weapon that obi-wan drops on him in this movie that when he tries to speak he has the computer tries to assist his voice because his vocal cords he might not be able to say things exactly like he would normally do so the computer is extreme. It does not know how to deal with him trying to so express himself. So when he just like, screams really loud, it's saying no. Yeah, that's that's kind of the whole idea that because he's under like emotional stress, he just he just does like kind of like this. Because you even hear him, he does like this ah, like this really aggravated like you know kind of guttural growl. And what the computer comes up with is the is no because it doesn't know how to how to express that. Because it doesn't understand what he's trying to do, you know. It's like the the voice box thing that's in his in his suit. So, but the other thing too, like you're saying, is that like the, you know, Skywalker saying no is basically like a kind of a tradition through these movies, you know. But, it, and I think a lot of times when people see this sort of stuff, they don't think about the fact that you know that is a Skywalker trait. Just like the stormtroopers banging their head because they got it from Django, there's certain things on these movies that carry all the way through to, to other movies, you know. Uh, and the next thing that it it says on here is uh, number four. Uh, of course, there's the inconsistency of uh, Padme dying, but Leia saying that she remembers her mother. I guess I could chuck it up to her link to the Force or something, but it's one of the great unanswered questions. Now in the in in my Return of the Jedi, when Luke says, you know, what do you remember of your mother, your real mother? And she says, images, really feelings, like that kind of thing. Um, she doesn't really remember her her mom that much, but that's that the, was basically just uh, letting you know that she also, uh, you know, had some type of. Forced traits. Right. Um, which is spoken about throughout the original trilogy that Leia does have forced traits. Uh, Luke was a New Hope, and they even speak about, like, if Luke fails, then. There is another. There is another. So, you know, pay attention. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> um, you know, there, there's like that whole moment where. Uh, you know, Yoda says that, uh, like when he's talking about the Force, uh, and he says, um, 
Uh, yeah, because Luke tells, or Yoda tells Luke in The Empire Strikes Back, through the Force, things you will see, other places, the future, the past, old friends long gone. Now, to think that Leia, as Force-sensitive as she is, wouldn't have any kind of, like, Force memories of her mom, of Padme, I think is just being a little naive, because, I mean, she can communicate to Luke through the Force. She yeah. can sense Han Solo dying in Force Awakens. Oh, spoilers! Scores. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. shit. <laughs> Turn it off now. Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> oh, We're going to spoil shit. The Last Jedi here in like two minutes. No, yeah. we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> we're going to give you enough time, and then we'll give that movie We'll give you property. plenty of time. Snoke's a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, only, the only, that's the only nugget we're going to give you. And also, Ray's parents are... But anyway. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Oh, I know who her parents are. It's so obvious. It's, it's Bob from Bob's Burgers, right? No, no. It's no, uh. no, you know, you know on the Jurassic World, you know, you got uh, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Eventually they end up having a baby. They shoot her off into space like Superman. Right, right. And that's, that's right. Yeah, her, that makes total sense. Her parents sense. are, you know, Owen Grady and No, you uh, know what? Claire. Since it's Disney, you know who Ray really is. It's Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. She becomes... Growing up. Yeah, okay. You know, and... Uh, Loses yeah, the tail. she's on Jakku. Right. <laughs> Boy, that's a hell of a change to go from, you know, the ocean to up. a yeah. desert planet. <laughs> Moana's gonna be in this the next movie? I mean, this shit's gonna get nuts. Maui, because they gotta have the rock in it? Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine. The featuring, Rock. <laughs> featuring The Rock as Then Maui. they just forget about all the other characters and The Rock's the main character. Like, what about Kylo Ren? Kylo Ren. It's like, it doesn't matter because The Rock's in this movie. He is this movie. He's just going to kill everybody. <laughs> be like, fuck you, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think that the, the thing when, when you know, because a lot of people were like, well, you know, in the comments that I saw, they were like, well, why doesn't, you know, Luke remember Padme as well? And it's like, I think it's because his bond is stronger with his dad. It's stronger with Anakin and with Vader. And Leia's was stronger with her mother, with Padme. Right. So I think it's kind of like, that's sort of how it is. It's, you know, I think that there's like a difference between, like when you look at uh, jumping to the, like to the Force Awakens and stuff for like a minute, I think that Kylo has a stronger bond with Leia than he did with Han. Because Leia's force sensitive and yeah, Kylo is force sensitive. He could give a fuck less about his dad. He could care less about Han Solo, but his mom, his mom's a little bit different because he has a link with her to a degree. But I mean, Han's one of the greatest characters in the originals, but he he's a scumbag and. Yeah, we've already went over Han Solo. He's yeah, like the prequel thing is like, what are they going to talk about? I mean, his story starts in Star Wars. Yeah. Why are we talking about anything else? I mean, his story begins and ends in Star Wars. Yeah. The prequel, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Show the Kelso uh, run? Or... The Kelso run? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Michael Kelso from the 70s show. No, it's called it's called the Kessel run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We, we, we name drop people from that 70s show constantly because <laughs> we've already talked about Mila Kunis, Homer Valderrama. And, uh, <laughs> I, I have to drop Kutcher. their names in at some point. Don't forget about these motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. Ashton Kutcher. Um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, so the the end of this of uh, of uh, Michael's comment here says, uh, 
I enjoyed the I enjoyed the Order sixty six bit. I enjoyed the. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little bit of alcohol before this episode, um, and I think it's, it's showing. It's, it's uh, McKinney, my brother got it for me to uh, have a little sip of it before the podcast and stuff. It might be a little bit too strong. Hey, you know what? If it's a good episode, it doesn't matter. So, uh, but it says, I enjoyed the Order 66 bit with the beginning of the end of the Jedi, especially when... It's not seen a it, bit. This isn't the Chappelle show. Especially when, when seen in conjunction with the Clone Wars show. Now, that says a lot right there. They're like, well, you know, the movie was like so-so. I didn't really like it. I thought it was crap. But you know what I really did like was the mass genocide of the Jedi. You know, that, like, that that's a really horrible thing to put into writing that, like, oh, yeah, by the way, I love seeing, like, all the Jedi being murdered for no reason. That's basically like saying, you know, World War II sucked, but at least we have some, you know, a few less Jews, right? We got, that's so horrible. That's so horrible. Like, when you, th- when you look at that on the Mass outside. That's genocide of people is never good in any form. No, even in movie form. It's like, the, the whole point of that is that it's supposed to feel like the Nazis trying to purge the Jews. It, that's what that's supposed to basically be. No, you're not supposed to be like, that was cool. Be like, you know what, that genocide part when they killed all the Jedi and the younglings, that was awesome. That was like the best part of this movie. You're a psychopath if you think that. Yeah. But I got some psychopathic type stuff here uh, at the at the very Always end. Always with a hatchet. Right. <laughs> I'm <Ooh-hoo>. psychopathic. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, We've done that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, different kind of psychopathic. Uh, but it's, and then like his last comment says, General Grievous was just kind of meh for me. But the duel with Obi-Wan was nice to watch, showing his growing skills. Obi-Wan was perhaps the best part of this whole movie, in my opinion. Well, in my opinion, he's the best part of every movie. That's yeah. just because I, I love Obi Wan Kenobi. Right. But all of it's great to me. You know, I mean, Obi Wan yeah. is the best character in all these movies, and I, and I and I like Anakin too. Like, I, you know, Anakin Vader. You know, I've always liked that character because it is, it is the fall from grace and the redemption. You know, because Anakin's arc, is it makes him such a unique character. How could somebody be so evil that he would be willing to murder children in cold blood? But then he would he would destroy the emperor to sacrifice himself to save his own son. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of story that you have to go through to get to that point in Return of the Jedi, and that really what sets that up is this movie. And also, Ewan McGregor is a badass. Yeah, Ewan McGregor is great. I mean, Obi Wan is the best part of probably all of the prequels. <laughs> that and Natalie Portman's uh, midriff in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good part of Star Natalie, Wars. You're awesome, right? Uh, I think I think if uh, Leia had been able to meet her mother, she probably would have respected the hell out of Padme. Yeah, Padme was awesome. Um, I have a joke in between these. Uh, uh, are these are these the bad Uncle Owen jokes? Yes, they are. <laughs> God. Okay, well, let's just get this shit over with. <laughs> Go ahead. How do you unlock doors on Kashyyyk? Uh, uh, uh. With a Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I thought it was going to be more elegant than that. No, it was just as bad as it, it, it was going to be. 
That's so dumb. Okay, back to the reviews. <laughs> okay, so or whatever you call these. Uh, these are these B- aren't really bitch sessions. <laughs> yeah, these are basically people bitching on the internet. Is what these are. Uh, There's a cool show on a podcast called Bitch Session. If you want to listen to that, it just made me think of it. Oh yeah. They didn't pay us to do that. We just yeah. We're nice. We're just name dropping people. <laughs> we're yeah. just name dropping people. We all we the time. name dropped how did this get made all the time? Because we're always talking about Paul Shear and Manzukas. Yeah, they're kind of the anti show of us, but uh, they're still funny. I mean, if yeah. You, you know, you for need movies to... that are truly bad, it's a really good show. But then sometimes they they shit on movies that I love, like you know Ninja Turtles two, yeah, Secret, Secret of the Ooze, not Ninja Turtles two, whatever. Michael Bay did. Yeah, whatever abomination he came up with. <laughs> I'm talking about like the real Ninja Turtles movies. The only two that matter. We're not talking about the third one where they went into feudal Japan and became samurai. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, that one happened. A lot of people even forgot about that movie. I think they just wanted to forget about that movie. Yeah. See, I forgot that movie existed until I bought like a pack that came with it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, they made a third one? Wait, they're, they traveled back in time? Like... Nah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this Why one. Why would they travel back in time? Did you already run out of material? I mean, there's plenty. They already of did that in the video game, Turtles in Time. Remember that, was, that? Yeah, that wasn't even the popular video game. The popular one was Ninja Turtles One and Two, the side scrollers on, you know, Nintendo. the beat 'em ups and stuff. Yeah, yeah, those were like great. Yeah, I, or like I what was the? Still play those right now. Uh, yeah. This just became the Ninja Turtles podcast. <laughs> Ninja Turtles podcast. We're going to have to do that now. We've talked about it. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to end up doing like the Secret of the Ooze at some point. Um, but anyway, so this uh, next comment. Go Ninja, go Ninja. Go. <laughs> <laughs> we always name drop Vanilla Ice too. We need to end up doing a Vanilla Ice episode. I, I don't think I'm a Vanilla Ice fan, but it seems like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't don't let it fool you. Steve has his haircut just like Vanilla Ice, and just he has like, the sparkly parachute pants. That's pure coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> that's purely speculation. But um, I've seen it, people. It exists. Anyway, um, so this uh, this next one, uh, this is uh, uh, is it S Borio S Borio twenty, and this is yeah May of two thousand five. So this is like. I think this is actually two days after the movie came out. Because it wow. didn't it release May 19th, 2005. I think it was May 19th, if I remember mm-hmm. right. And this is two days after that. Uh, so it says, final episode doesn't improve much over the previous two. And then they put spoilers. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing Ooh, on IMDb? What are you doing two days after the movie comes out on IMDb already bitching about it? You probably don't even... You probably haven't even have enough time to understand what the hell you were looking at, you know? Uh, but anyway, so it says uh, the main problem uh, that this... Well, they didn't even sell... They didn't even do that right. The main problem that this movie has is that it just goes too fast. That is because Lucas left a lot of loose ends for this third movie, which results in an incredible effort to explain all of them in only one movie. Okay, the original cut for this movie was four hours long. That's uh, that's a fact. We would have watched a four-hour version of Revenge of the Sith. George Lucas, <laughs> the rescues, the rescue scene, whenever they're rescuing Palpatine, it itself was supposed to be an hour. Wait, just getting Palpatine from just getting Grievous's Palpatine ship from Grievous's ship was an hour. Damn, he I mean, had to cut stuff because Palpatine had more dialogue to Anakin and things like that, and he. 
he ended up cutting it out. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn was supposed to have some scenes where he talked to Yoda. Um, oh, as a, as a force ghost? As a force ghost, because Liam Neeson actually um, filmed those scenes. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that was cut out of this movie, because George Lucas filmed a four-hour movie. Oh, man. I would love to actually see that cut together. But the thing you know about George Lucas, the director cut type stuff, really doesn't exist with George Lucas. Mm -mm. He puts that stuff in a vault, and he never lets anybody ever see it again. Yeah, like with the Star Wars holiday special. (laughs) Well, don't want to talk about that. Right, yeah. We are beyond that. Right. No, I think he he destroyed most of those. He didn't even want them to exist anymore. Yeah. But, he uh, probably has the original cut, just so he can, like, I don't know. It could be, like, somebody's holy grail. This is the original reels. Here you go, this. Harrison Ford. Happy right. birthday. And he just sets it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison Ford's like, I thought you were directing this movie. That's why I was there. Right. They, they lied to they me. They tricked me. <laughs> George Lucas didn't even know that was being filmed. Right. He really didn't. Yeah. Oh, man. I just, uh... But, you know, getting getting beyond the hate of the Christmas special. Uh, so, anyway, uh, it says, uh, The best example of this is that in this movie, characters die all too often, such as Count Dooku, like in the first ten minutes. General Grievous, who was publicized too much but ended up being just a secondary character, and Mace Windu. Another example would be the Jedi. We get to see just a few deaths and have to interpret those few killings as the extermination of most of the Jedi over the galaxy. Uh, Even as they tried to pack this one full, some topics were not completely resolved, like why some Jedi disappear when they die and others don't. Also, the Wookiee battle is too short. Hold on. He... He, he doesn't know why some Jedi disappear in battle and others don't. He knows that becoming a Force ghost is actually a skill that you have to learn, right? Right. It's like uh, it's like Buddhist monks, and it's like a, it's kind of like a transcendence. You yeah. trans you transcend your physical body. A lot of Jedi's don't know how to do that. The first one that came up that figured out how to do it was Qui Gon. Qui Gon. For thousands of years, they didn't have that until Qui Gon learned it. Yes, yeah, so all the people that you know about in Star Wars that are Force Ghosts learned it through Qui-Gon Jinn, mm-hmm. who dies in Phantom Menace. Right. So how many other Jedi would he have been able to teach? It's Obi-Wan, Yoda, Anakin. Yeah. That's it. So Anakin had to... See, this is something interesting. Actually, some at some part where... When Anakin was Darth Vader, Qui-Gon had to been still trying to turn him to the light. Yeah, like still trying to talk to him through the Force. So, yeah. Because even when he cut, like you were talking about in the Attack of the Clones episode, but right before he cuts down the, the Tusken Raider village, Qui-Gon's in his head trying to, to get him, him not, to do, not it. to do it, not to give in to his anger. Because that's basically, you know... The battle with Qui-Gon is against, you know, Palpatine, the, the, the good versus the evil, kind of the angel and demon on your shoulder right. talking to you, and Qui-Gon loses those battles. Yeah. Because the Skywalker gives into his emotion, and that's what you they're trying to show you with Luke, too, in the original. He's just actually winning the battle. It's against the dark side. 
Yeah. And, you know, the the thing that, like, you know, the, the battle on Kashyyyk is too short. I, I think they showed as much of that battle as they probably could because if he did too much of that battle, it would feel like, well, they're only really focusing on Kashyyyk, and it's like, why are they doing that? Well, here's actually an interesting thing that was supposed to happen in this movie. A 10-year-old Han Solo was supposed to be in this movie on Kashyyyk. Oh, really? Living with Wookiees. Oh. So that would explain how when he like meets Chewbacca, he actually can understand him. But George Lucas cut that out because he thought that uh, nobody would want to see uh, Kid Han Solo, <laughs> basically. Because uh, apparently they didn't like having a Kid Anakin, so a yeah, Kid yeah, Han that, would that probably, piss him uh, off. Yeah, that probably is what decided that he wasn't going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look! When you look at how many things George had to change just because of like fans bitching about it. You know. And honestly, he shouldn't have changed any of it because you know they're gonna bitch about it regardless because they want to. Yeah. Yeah, because even if you even if you give in to what people want to do, then you're just gonna piss off different people. You, you can't you can't make everybody happy with these movies. Yeah, do your vision. Do it how you want to do it, and you know, fuck the people. Right. Because they're gonna bitch regardless. They're gonna find something to bitch about. Every time. Right. Instead of being like, I want to enjoy this. I enjoyed it. Or I didn't enjoy it. Whatever. You know, you're not forced to do anything you don't want to do. Right. But these people, as this much is as... America. Right. <laughs> America. Uh, but, uh, so then it continues and it says, uh, we're talking about the, the battle on Kashyyyk, the Wookiee battle was too short. It says, compare it with the Ewok battle in episode six which lasted like one-third of the movie. It just seemed like an excuse to cash in on the reappearance of Chewbacca. The romantic dialogues between Anakin and Padme, just as in episode two, are boring as hell. Aside from that, I was left wondering how come in Return of the Jedi, Leia says she remembers her real mother when Padme died just minutes or less after she People was born. People saying that same shit. Yeah, this is, the, this is like the second thing, and this, this is like the second time that it pops up. It, I think it pops up like... Uh, like one more time in here, if I remember right. Um, uh, says uh, another important goof in this movie, thanks to the horrible DVD release of the original trilogy, is that Anakin never wore the Jedi robes he was wearing as a ghost in, at the in the new end of Episode Six, unlike Obi Wan and Yoda, who appear wearing the robes they had when they died. I'm also curious about why they didn't bring back David Prowse to play Darth Vader. In this episode, he looks smaller and thinner than he was in the original trilogy. All in all, I'm glad that the prequels are finally over because I get tired of watching Star Wars go down the toilet. Yeah, nobody told you to watch them. Right? Um, you have to watch the prequels. They just put a gun in their, to their face. You've got to watch these movies. you really movies. want David Prowse back? He, it, he literally says not one fucking word. All he was was the, just the guy who wore the suit as Darth Vader. He walked around while James Earl Jones does all the talking. Right. So you wanted him to come back to be Vader. Because nobody would know what who that dude was. Nobody would know. It's like, oh, is that the guy that wore the Vader suit? No one would even say that. Yeah. and it's Describe the, uh, to me David Prose's face <laughs> off the top of your head. 
<laughs> Could you point them out in a lineup? Could you point them out in a lineup? I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, you point at David Draymond or something, and you think that's what that guy looks like. <laughs> but, um, but this David is... Draymond's the singer of Disturbed. Yeah, by the way. In case you didn't know. <laughs> um, Disturbed is a rock band. Right. <laughs> uh but I, I think the thing is, is that like it, it doesn't because they're ghosts. Does it, it? The robes that they wear when they die don't matter, because it's basically a projection of them through the force. You know, it's kind of like how the Matrix. You can kind of look, you know, how you want to look. Yeah, I mean, you, you're being a little too picky there. It's like that's not the robe he wore when he died. Yeah. It's like, oh, you want Anakin to look like fucking Darth Vader and scarred up and fucked up when he died? <laughs> no, he's not gonna look like that because. That's not the light side of He's going back to a time when he was a Jedi Knight before he fell. Yeah. And his robes were different. And again, didn't wear the same robes all the time. He all didn't the wear time? He Even didn't if wear... you didn't see him wear those in the movie, it doesn't mean he didn't wear them at some point. Right. <laughs> I mean, even Luke in you know, Return of the Jedi, he wore a, a black outfit. Whoa, 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 dude! Fuck this movie. Those weren't those shoes weren't on him when he died. <laughs> those weren't the shoes he was wearing. You're fucking Fuck with the continuity movie. now. <laughs> <laughs> People get so like totally anal about things like that. Like, no, that wasn't the outfit that he wore when he died. It's like it's a force projection. Why are you nitpicking that? It's like okay, so yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> Who cares? Right. It's symbolic. Right. It's not. Literal. It's symbolic. Right. It's supposed to look like, you know, a, a pure Jedi. Right. <laughs> so, you know, stop being a bitch about it. <laughs> oh, man. I just, yeah. yeah I, I think that, you know, what, what Lucas was doing when he, when he reissued Return of the Jedi and he went in and made those additional edits to make them match the prequels, it's like when you see Anakin show up afterwards with, like, Obi-Wan and Yoda... It 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 ties the movies together a lot better having seen that because it's like that was when that was before Anakin fell. When you watch the original version, you see like this old guy show up and you're like, okay, well I know Yoda because he's very distinct. I know Obi Wan because I know what Alec Guinness looks like. Who the fuck is that other dude? Is that supposed to be Anakin? You know, because like when you first see that in Return of the Jedi, you're like. Oh, okay, so I guess that's Anakin then. But mm -hmm. he wouldn't look like that at that age. No. He, he would look like some kind of burnt marshmallow <laughs> at that age when he's yeah. like in his so, 40s and so stuff. So he should look like, you know, Hayden Fire Christmas. Marshall Bill. <laughs> Let me know you <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to look like that. He's going yeah. to look like pure, you know, pre-fall Anakin when, before Obi-Wan you know, just totally messed his entire body up. I mean, Jim Carrey was going to play Anakin. Just <laughs> yeah, that would have been so weird, wouldn't it? To have the same guy that played Ace Ventura. Let me tell you something, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> oh, God. Already then. <laughs> right. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's just, yeah, the, the idea that... Uh, Jim Carrey would, would play Anakin would be so weird. Because <laughs> I couldn't take that seriously. Could you? No. Could you see Jim Carrey playing that character? No, man. That would now, look... something we can take seriously is another joke. <laughs> okay. okay, get your Uncle Owen jokes out of your system. <laughs> what do Gungans 
put things in? Uh, I don't know. Jar Jars. Jar Jars. Oh, man. You see, we, we, we're we trying to be beyond the hate. We're not trying to, like, shit on Jar Jar, but good Lord. Okay. Uh, anyway. So... Uh, this, uh, next comment, uh, is, this is another one out of ten. Shocker, I know. There's a lot of one out of tens for this movie. Um, this one says, um, uh, what's, what does it say? This is, uh, uh, Fusmus? How would you even pronounce that? Like, look at that. Is that Fusmus? How do you say that? Fusmus? It's, it's P-H-U-S-M-U-S. Fussmus? Uh, Pussy Man. <laughs> That's what you'll be called now. You'll, you'll <laughs> Old Pussy Man. Right. Um, That's your name now. Come yeah. up with something that makes fucking sense and you wouldn't be called Pussy Man. Right. So this comment is, yet again, two days after the movie came out. And it says, perhaps a writer will rescue this franchise someday. Oh, isn't that some prophecy? Ah. Mm. Uh, um... Yeah, and his name's Ryan Johnson. Um, <laughs> uh, and it says... Uh, Sorry, Jim Jim Abrams. Yeah, Jim Jim Abrams. Uh, you know, JJ is the beginning of Jar Jar. Yeah. But, you know... We See, don't hate Jar Jar. We just think that he's... It all comes back around. It all comes around. Like other people that call them Jar Jar Abrams. Yeah. Jar Jar Abrams. Yeah. And it's like, and I love J.J. Abrams when it's Star Trek. Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> when it's Star Trek. God, the Star Trek people are just going to hate us, aren't they? Because we keep dropping that. The greatest. Uh, but anyway, it says, because um, like basically the tagline is a twofer, right? It says, perhaps a writer will rescue this franchise someday like Frank Miller did for Batman. And then it says, uh, it would be impossible to truly spoil this movie. Its outcome is already determined and the movie spoils itself. Uh, you might hope the uh, PG-13 indicates that Mr. Lucas saw the light and or heard his audience and raised the story from the Teletubby schlock that was episode one. You'd be wrong. It's still written at perhaps a third grade level, but this time with flashes of gore. Mm -hmm. And guess who gets the full body burn? That makes the movie unacceptable to children for whom the only hope of enjoyment is turned into a nightmare. A war is bad... Is a primary theme. That third grader made three hundred eighty million dollars. Right. <laughs> ching ching. <laughs> um, uh, you know George Lucas is a better writer than you because this next sentence makes like no sense. Uh, War is bad is a primary theme, but in Lucas' world, devoid of <laughs> devoid of interesting characters or credible violence, the endless assault of epic fight scenes is sterile and boring. Now. The idea that war is a bad primary theme. Steve, what is the what is the overall name of these movies? Star Wars. Wars. War is the central conflict in all of these movies. Whether it's the Republic against the the separatist and, you know, like the uh, you know, Dooku's little like rebellion that he formed or it's, you know, the actual you know, rebellion versus the empire, or it's the resistance versus the first order. These movies are about galactic wars. If there's no war in Star 
Wars is not Star Wars. Right. <laughs> that, that's the reason. I think that was the entire reason that I saved this. Because they were like, war is a bad primary theme. And I'm like, this is called Star Wars, literally. You shouldn't watch this. If, you know, you don't like war, don't watch Star Wars. Right. Don't watch Saving Private Ryan. Don't watch any war movie. Dunkirk. Yeah, anything that has to do with war, don't watch it. If you don't, if you don't like war as a conflict in a movie, that's yeah. just the stupidest thing. Like, see, Star Trek is about exploration of space. <laughs> Star Wars is about wars. <laughs> Literally about wars. It's always somebody against an empire or first order or whatever the fuck they... It's the same thing. They just name themselves differently. Right. I mean, the resistance, the rebellion, the first order, the empire. That was one of the things that we we really kind of sat with us wrong about Force Awakens was that they were called the resistance. And I'm like... You're the rebels. You're the rebels, basically. And like in Last Jedi, they start calling themselves rebels again. Yeah, you were the whole time. You were the whole time. Why'd you call yourself the Resistance? That makes so no fucking sense at all. Poe Dameron has a patch on his flight jacket that has the Rebellion symbol. The Rebellion symbol. The Firebird is on his fucking jacket. Which Poe Dameron is the main character of that fucking movie. No mistake about it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but we're jumping ahead. You know, we're on uh, we're on Revenge of the Sith right now. Poe uh, Dameron's awesome. Yeah, Poe Dameron's the shit. Anyway, uh, uh, but it says, um, like episode two, the dialogue is laughable. Literally. I saw the movie on opening night and the, Your San- dialogue's laughable. <laughs> in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is Lucasfilm's backyard, and the audience was laughing, embarrassed for the otherwise strong acting cast. Any other writer and director could have sneezed a classic from this, ca- from this cast. What a waste. Mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor sneaks through as the only actor to somehow sneak by Lucas and deliver a credible performance. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think that, you know, Natalie Portman, especially in this movie, playing the heartbreak that Padme has to have, she does, especially, you know, towards the end when, you know, she's like, you know, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. I mean, you even, you even played it in the intro. Like, that's some fucking good acting right there. Yeah, no... No, yet again, no spoilers for The Last Jedi, but there's a scene in it that Daisy Ridley basically rips completely away from Natalie Portman. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about as soon as you see it, so I don't have to say anything. Right, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's almost exactly the, the exact facial expressions of it. So, you know, whatever. You can't call that great in this you know, non-acting skills. And Hayden Christensen, I thought, was one of the best actors in this movie, along with Ian McGregor and Natalie Portman. So I know I'm going to be debated on that, but he was amazing in this movie from start to finish. Yeah. Because <laughs> he plays that uh, that on-edge Anakin where he's so conflicted almost from scene to scene. Like, you can sense in Anakin, like, his mind is constantly... Like, where do, what do I do with myself? Because he doesn't know where to put his energy. Yeah, tell me how else you can get in that mindset of all the things that's going inside of Anakin's head that's tearing him apart. Right. 
And I think Tell me how to do that emotion. Hayden Christensen did it. So you can take all your other bullshit and, you know, shove it up your ass because (laughs) (laughs) he he was great as Anakin. Anakin wasn't supposed to necessarily be a 100% likable character. He was eventually going to turn into Darth Vader. Yeah. Which he does in that movie and he comes less likable. He's supposed to be one of the least likable people in Star Wars. He kills kids. You're not supposed to be like, man, I loved his character. He slaughters so many children. You're supposed to fucking hate him. Right. And I think that that's, you know, part of it is that people always feel that, like, Hayden's acting is, like, bad. I think he's always doing what he feels like Anakin would be going through. Because imagine any of us going through that situation. You... You've already had a, a dream, nightmare, whatever you want to call it, where uh, your mother passes away, right? Mm-hmm. And so he decides in Attack of the Clones that he's going to try and, and pursue that because he wants to make sure that his, his mother doesn't doesn't die, right? So he goes to Tatooine, Padme goes with him, and then when he figures out kind of what's going on, he, you can already tell that he's on edge even when he talks to Watto. Because he's like, where is my mother? You know, he's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not childish Anakin that would be like yippee and that kind of stuff. He's a grown man. He's here with a purpose. Because what he's trying to do is he's trying to get information on where his mother is because this is serious. This is really serious stuff. And then when he finally finds his mother, she's damn near dying. I mean, she's basically on her deathbed. And she dies in his arms. And the first thing that he thinks of is... I'm going to slaughter everyone in this village because you've taken the only thing from me that I ever knew as a child and you've you've killed her because you, you took her here and made her captive. He kills every single person in that village. The women, the children, everything. Now, imagine going back and trying to have a normal-ass life knowing that you're supposed to be a Jedi, but yet you slaughtered... How many Tuscans were in that village, do you think? Like there was a bunch. 60, 70 people? Yeah. Yeah, at least. Yeah. He killed everybody in there. He basically genocided an entire village of Tuscan Raiders because of what they did. So how do you go back and just have like a normal life? Like, well, I'm just gonna, you know, kinda settle back into, you know, having the married life with Padme. The the dude has always been a bit disturbed. You know, what corrupted him was the vision of Padme dying. Yeah. Which Palpatine placed in his head. Because what was the thing that because he, he knew that Anakin reacted to a dream when he told him he was like, remember how you you told me about what you did with the sand to the sand people? So he knows that Anakin's susceptible to these things. Right. So the idea that Palpatine would have placed a vision of Padme dying as like, well, I'm going to start executing my checkmate here because I need something that Anakin would go to or a reason that Anakin would, would come to me and perhaps choose me over Obi-Wan because what Obi-Wan might teach him isn't going to be what I can teach him. I can teach him different stuff than the Jedi. I can teach him different things from Obi-Wan. So I need him on my side. I need to start really looking at Endgame here because he knows that he needs to get... He already has Dooku gone. So if Dooku's finished. He gets his head cut off at the like the first like 15 minutes of this movie or 20 minutes, however long the opening... Um, the uh, 
the rescue is for the Chancellor. I don't know. It's pretty amazing rescue. Yeah. So, Dooku is gone. He's trying to get rid of Grievous. And so, he needs, you know, Anakin to be on his side because he's basically killing off all these other things that were, like, in the way. And now he's going to go after his real prize, which is Anakin. He's going to turn Anakin into his, into his apprentice. So, what do you do? You put something in his in, through the Force that makes Anakin think that he's seeing another vision of somebody that he cares about, this time being Padme. Now, you know, it's like, well, you know, if Padme's pregnant, then, you know, she's going to die on childbirth. And it creates this new conflict in Anakin that, you know, he's been able to kind of get past the Tusken Raider thing because he's adjusted himself back to normal. But now this Padme thing comes up, and now he's like, I cannot let this happen again because he's already lost his mom. Now he's looking down the barrel of losing Padme, and it disturbs him. He's emotional. He He's on his way to being a Sith, and Yoda even tells him in the movie, you know, he needs to learn to let go, even of the ones that he loves. And that's something that Anakin can't do. Right. Um, so it, it's really weird how George Lucas created Jedi and Sith and then um, Disney undid it because Ray can't let go either um, Kylo can Star Wars either <laughs> yeah Kylo he's more susceptible to letting go so he actually has something more Jedi like in him Ray she can't let go so she's actually a little bit more like Anakin yeah uh, Kylo's a little bit more you know like Obi-Wan or Yoda or something, you know, where they can let go and accept that something's became part of the Force, which, you know... Just like Obi-Wan let go of his feelings for Duchess Satine. Yeah. I if mean, you ever watch the Clone Wars cartoon, that's one of the things that comes up, is Obi-Wan's, you know, former relationship with Duchess Satine. He was going to leave the Jedi Order for her and then decided against it and stayed in the Jedi Order and decided that he was going to continue on because he believed in what the Jedi were trying to do. And also, he felt a sense of duty to Qui-Gon because Qui-Gon showed faith in him that he was going to continue on and, and you know continue to work on being a knight, and he left the Duchess behind on Mandalore. Obi-Wan could let go of something like that. Anakin could not. Because Anakin couldn't let a relationship go. It's not in his character. He is too attached to the people that are in his life. Because he was too old. Those rules went out the window, too, when Disney bought it. Well, actually, <laughs> you know, age. Age means nothing. And Daisy really is like 35 in that <laughs> No, she's not. Least, Ray's not that old. Ray's like, probably like 18, you know? <laughs> so, she, she's probably something like that. She's probably like Luke's age in the original trilogy. She just she's just so fucking old to me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Adam Driver is a looks shirtless like beast. <laughs> shirtless beast looks like he's going to blow some ass. <laughs> and he still looks like he's like 22. And I think Adam Driver is like close to 30. So he's like older than Daisy Ridley. I don't know. Yeah, it he might is. just be me. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I don't uh, think it's me, though. I mean, I think Adam Driver's looks, a beautiful man. I mean, he's a beautiful man. I don't, I don't think it's just me that Daisy Ridley looks older than him, is it? Is it just me? It might just be you because I don't see it. it you don't see the, that. To me, she still looks very young, yes. 
Yeah, she, now, she does Kylo like... look dramatically older than her? No, I know he's supposed to be, but he doesn't because Adam Driver is a beautiful man. <laughs> you yeah, know? I, I think she looks like 10 years older than him. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, you know, we all have different sets of eyes, so you see something different than I do. But the would you, who, who would you say looked younger? Would you say Daisy Ridley looked older or younger than Emilia Clarke? In what in what movie or anything? Just in general. Um, age. I mean, I would say that they probably look about the same age to me. Okay, Emma Stone and Daisy Ridley. Uh, Emma would look younger to me than okay. Daisy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Emma's older in real life. Uh, yeah, I think she is. Because Daisy Ridley's not that old anyway. She's not that old. She just looks older. Than but even when you look at like Natalie Portman in this movie, she looks extremely young in this movie. Like she actually, like she doesn't look like she's aged at all since like Attack of the Clones. Now in well, real Natalie life, Natalie Portman still doesn't look like she's aged. No, that's at the all. thing. As you can see, her like in the Thor movies, and you're like, God, she still looks very much like Padme. You yeah, know? She, is, is she 24 still in this movie? Right. And she's, you know, Natalie Portman. I don't know how old she is, but I know she's in her 30s now. Right. Uh, but, she, yeah, she hasn't aged at all. No. And um, that's the thing. It's like, to a degree, you kind of sympathize with Anakin because it's like, if you know that you, when you go home every day, you're going to go home to a woman that looks like Padme, you want to try and like do anything you could to protect that too. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, his problem was he overwhelmed himself. Yeah. Trying to be a Jedi and trying to be in love. Trying to be like a husband and everything, and then eventually a dad. Too, ma too many things. One could have helped him. I mean, the one person that could have helped him, he refused to ask for help for. Yeah, because he didn't trust Obi Wan. Yeah, and he even says in the movies, like, "I hate you," and then Obi Wan says, "I love you." Yeah, <laughs> that's the difference. Is that Obi Wan's like, "Look, even though I've seen you murder younglings and Jedi, I still love you," and that's why he couldn't bring himself to finish him off. That's the difference, is that the Jedi, to a degree, love unconditionally. Yeah. The Sith hate unconditionally. That's see, the difference. Yeah, see, people get that messed up. They think that Jedis are supposed to be without emotion. And that's where this whole great Jedi stuff comes from and all this. Obi-Wan cried when Qui-Gon died. Yeah, they're not supposed to be without emotion. They're just supposed to be able to control their emotions so that it doesn't it it doesn't overtake their actions yeah it doesn't control them they control it yeah no nowhere does it say a jedi can't love anything they just can't have relationships yeah because it complicates things even in attack of the clones anakin even says something to that effect when he's talking to padme and she was like jedis are not allowed to love and he was like he's like well no he's like we you know basically we you know, we, we protect people, so we're, you know, we're supposed to love. But they're just not supposed to have attachments. That's kind of the whole thing. Yeah. But, uh... But how did the angry Jedi cross the road? This is another, this is another bad Owen joke, isn't it? How did the angry Jedi cross the road? Uh, I, I don't know. To get to the dark side. To get to the dark side. Because we hear they have cookies on that side. Um... But, uh, uh, so let's see, getting back here to, um, Fusmus, um, Pussy Man's comments. Yeah, Pussy Man, yeah. Um, it says, uh, the special, <laughs> the special effects are strong, of course, but the uh, scenes move 
and switch so quickly, you'll probably miss a lot being too busy popping pills to prevent epileptic seizure. Um, I mean, if for people who, who maybe don't you know understand, it's like there's some things in movies that can you know cause that effect with people. I have a problem with migraines. So some movies are very difficult for me to watch because they do uh, induce issues with my head, you know, because I have very movies especially. I have very intense migraines. But Not I, really, a, any, I really hope that this guy has seizures to poke fun at people that have seizures because of stuff. Yeah. Because I had seizures when I grew up. And uh, just to say that, this movie wouldn't cause me to have seizures. So. No. We watched this movie in theaters. My yeah. head didn't hurt so, at the end of it. So for him to say that is just really bullshit. I mean, he's trying to get his point across, so he pokes fun at seizures. They're yeah. not funny. They're not funny at all, but this stuff doesn't cause it. Yeah. He's trying to get your point across, so you use that. That's That guy That, that guy is what you call a piece of shit. Right. That's what you call that guy. Pussy man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then it just continues on. It says, you'd think the 27-year climax of a six-movie series would be one of the most carefully delivered in history. You'd be wrong. While Obi-Wan is sent specifically to kill Anakin and save the universe, he casually walks away. We already discussed why he did that. Uh, what's worse, he'd have every motivation to put Anakin out of his fiery misery. He casually walks away. Sorry, old chap, you were supposed to be the chosen one. We were like brothers, and yet I'm compelled to deliver this old, this odd solilo solilo ah, soliloquy. <laughs> the alcohol is getting to us. Uh, while watching your legs burn off, then I think I'll casually walk away. Uh, almost any other possible scene could have been written to deliver the necessary result. Lucas blew it once again. This is the worst episode of all. Don't be fooled by the rating or the inexplicable ratings of the sycophantic professional reviewers out there. Save your money and gain a couple hours of life that I and too many others have lost. Now, the thing is, is that even in, at the worst moment when Anakin is basically being burned and he's like reaching out to Obi-Wan and he tells him that he hates him and you, you can see Anakin like being slowly transformed into Darth Vader for real. Like he's been called Darth Vader in this movie, but he doesn't really become Vader until he starts to get burned. And so even in the darkest moment, Obi-Wan still thinks to himself, Qui-Gon believed in this boy so much that he would leave him to me. And he was like, I'm not going to be the one to kill him because it would be him failing Qui-Gon. Right. So, and he also, if he believes that Anakin is supposed to be the chosen one because he tells him as much, to just go ahead and kill him there, you'd almost be removing any hope that you have because he's the only one that could get close enough to the Emperor to possibly do something about him. Because if you kill him here, not only does it not make sense for the other movies that you've already set up, but also there would be nobody, there would be no apprentice next to the Emperor that could keep him close. And in the event that Anakin does happen to turn, if they can find some way to turn him, they would have somebody right next to the Emperor that would be able to do something about it. Well, you know, and he, he leaves it up to the Force. Yeah. Um, if the, basically the lava ate Anakin alive, then he would have just kind of took it as that was what was supposed to happen, and if not, then maybe Anakin could be Anakin again. Yeah. 
And because he was supposed to be the prophecy. Yeah. He was supposed to be the chosen. And you know, um, in a way, he still was. Yeah. Because what would where did the prophecy say that you know there would, there would be a child born that would bring balance back to the force and you know and destroy technically the Sith. yeah Luke wasn't powerful enough to do it yeah it was yeah I mean Vader was the main character he defeated the Emperor he brought balance back to the force by de- defeating the Emperor and then dying himself yeah. But the thing that I think people forget about that sometimes, and not to be, you know, like Return of the Jedi heavy necessarily, but when you look at the way that this movie ends and the way that it ends in Return of the Jedi, the difference that happens is is that usually the way the Sith work is that the apprentice kills the master and he becomes the master. You know, like that's the way that the rule of two always works. Mm-hmm. You kill the master, you become the master, you take you a new apprentice, and, so on and, so and then the, the apprentice kills the master and so on and so on. The difference is, is that when he killed his when he killed his master, it wasn't because he wanted power; it was to save his own son's life, and that's Which what. Which is a Jedi thing to do. That's a Jedi thing to do to self-sacrifice, and it wasn't until Vader's like last moments that he realized what he needed to do, and so I think that when you look at stuff like that, basically what happens is that Vader in that moment when he's grabbing the emperor is basically he's getting out like all of this frustration about everything that he thought you know the emperor was holding him back from and the things that you know the emperor hid from him because he never did learn how to save people from dying in terms of the force but he did learn how to save his son from dying which i think is a little bit of some kind of interesting poetry that I think people might not necessarily see when they watch this. If you watch the ending of Return of the Jedi, and the whole reason that Anakin was turning to the dark side in the first place was because Palpatine told him that he would, you know, he had the ability, he he knew how to save people from dying, or that he could find the secret, you know. And the the I think the poetic part of this is that. Anakin or Vader actually does have the ability to save somebody from dying. He just sacrifices his his own self to do it. Yeah, so in in the end, he uh he does accomplish it. It just happens to not be for his wife, it ends up being for his son. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the force, it just has to do with him actually kind of being a Jedi again. You know, I mean, he finally turns back to the light. Yeah. And, you know, like Leia was telling Luke the whole time, like, there's still good in him. Yeah. Leia can sense that kind of stuff more than some other people can. Leia's super powerful. Uh, You know, watch The Last Jedi. I mean, you'll see it. Yeah. Yeah, Leia is stronger in the Force than perhaps we ever thought. Yeah, um, just a couple things, like speaking of Daddy, uh, uh, Bell Organa. Jimmy Smits. Jimmy Smits, uh, for people that say that, the, you know, these movies are overly CGI, 
Uh, his ship at the end is a real set. There's no effects. That was really built, so that, that's all practical. It's just, it's a complete set. There's no CGI at all at the end of that movie. Oh, yeah, because that's, that's the Tanti 4, right? Yeah. That's the ship that is basically like Bale's like personal ship that Leia takes when she's, you know, well, eventually we see in Rogue One that she's on that ship when she gets the Death Star plans. Right. That's So that's, yeah, because that was supposed yeah. to be the Tanti 4 so the Revenge whole time. Of, in Revenge of the Sith, that's a, just a complete original set that they built. And then the images of the volcano eruption on Mustafar was real footage of uh, Mount Etna in Italy that was also erupting during the production of Star Wars. They just used that exact footage and made Mustafar. Mustafar is... Uh, George Lucas is depiction of what he thinks hell would look like. Yeah. Um, so you know, that's why it's like the like it is. So uh, especially when are, you see Vader's castle. Yeah, those are just a couple things that you can see because I mean those things are all real. Those that's not CGI. Yeah. And as much as people complain, uh, this is the only movie that wasn't nominated for a special effects award. The other two were. Yeah. Because uh, they did build very large sets for these, like the elevator system that they made and the... Uh, yeah, Revenge of the Sith actually had the most practical sets of the, this entire trilogy. The first two was mostly CGI. This right here, they built a lot of sets for. Yeah. But people still complain about, like, oh, there's too much CG in this movie. They it probably looks... couldn't point out what was and what wasn't at the, this point. You know, Anakin's eyes turning yellow whenever he's defeated by uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That, you know, that's just showing that he completed his transformation to the dark side. Um, I don't even know if people knew that. Yeah, because that, that's when he... Because that's the Sith eyes. That's the Sith eyes. When the Sith... When the darkness corrupts you so much that you, you know, your eyes basically change. Well, your body changes too, physically. Like, have you ever played, like, the Knights of the Old Republic games? When you go to the dark side of that game, you start to look evil. <laughs> like, your your flesh is different. It like becomes pasty and, you know, like, that kind of stuff. And you start growing horns and, like, all kinds of different things. Yeah, um, but also, something else that's kind of funny about this and I know that uh, some people might take issue with this Mythbusters proved that they were bogus because of this because um, they don't understand anything I guess but uh, they said that uh, it wouldn't matter at all if you had the high ground in this scenario um and they did a Mythbusters episode, and they're like... Oh, see, I didn't see that one. Okay. They proved that there was no advantage to high ground or something like that. For one, that that's totally bogus. The art of war, if you have the high ground, you have the advantage. Right. You're telling me Mythbusters knows more <laughs> than the fucking art of war? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that's ridiculous. And, and I love the myth, the Mythbusters show, but like I think sometimes like when they would do myths, you're kind of like, okay, I don't know if they, maybe if they didn't get the results that they wanted to get, and so they they affect some things. 
you know? Like, maybe they edit it to look differently. Well, and, they probably just hated Star Wars, and they're like, let's make this look dumber. The uh, crazy thing is, though, is that Adam Savage worked for Industrial Light and Magic. He, he did, like, prop stuff. He, to this day, he still knows people at ILM that worked on that because he worked on, uh, I think it was episode one and two, if I'm not mistaken. And Grant Imahara, who was on the Mythbusters show, built one of the robotic R2-D2s that they used in the Phantom Menace. So, like, they had, you know, experience at Lucasfilm, working at ILM, doing effects and working on that kind of stuff. So... You know, to see them, you know, do like a thing where they say that Obi-Wan doesn't have an advantage there. He has every advantage yeah. there. If you're in any type of fight in a game or in reality and uh, you think that you don't have an advantage when one guy is jumping out of a lava pit onto uh, a slope, then you're an idiot. <laughs> The I other mean, thing too is what was the thing that Anakin was always doing in that fight? He was He was going off pure emotion. How does Obi-Wan fight? With calm. With calm. He he fights strategically, and that's what... Obi-Wan knew that he was, he was going to lose that lightsaber battle standing on that small piece of area with Anakin, because Anakin was just too powerful. He was so channeling he his anger. So he flipped and then hit the high ground, and he's like, you're done. Because you have to jump off this small pedestal, hovering over lava, over my head, to get anywhere. Yeah. To get the high ground from me. Because you have to go higher than me to get the advantage back. Because if you go lower than me, your head gets chopped off. Right. I mean, that's just common sense. Just look at it. <laughs> I mean, you just look at it. You're like, well, if he just jumps off the thing, Obi-Wan has a quick just... Or he could just, like, force push him into the lava. Yeah. He's got to get above Obi-Wan to get any kind of an advantage back. At all. You know, that's just common sense. Just look at it. Just figure out a scenario... Where you can tell me that the high ground doesn't matter. It does. That, you know, beyond the hate of Yahoo.com, you can message me because it, it matters 100%. <laughs> the only thing Anakin could have done was just fucking leave at that point. But yeah. His emotions were too involved at that point. Too he strong. He thought he was too powerful. He thought he had to kill Obi Wan right then and there. Yeah, it was like his duty to, to take Obi Wan out. But he was fighting a losing battle. Yeah. And, you know, I think that uh, a lot of times when people make that, you know, thing about, like, you know, what's the greatest thing in the universe, the high ground, you know, and, like, they make all these, like, memes and these jokes about things and, and stuff like that. The, the problem that they, that I don't think they realize is that Obi-Wan is a better tactician than some people give him credit for. Because there's some people that were questioning, like, well, what's the reason that he would, like, when he's, uh, when he goes basically to take out General Grievous, right? So they send Obi-Wan to basically go deal with Grievous himself. And what he does is he takes a look at the all the different droids and things that are around, and he sees Grievous down there. And what does he do? He jumps right in the middle of all of them. Hello there. And just gets his attention. Now, a lot of people will be like, well, that's suicide because he's jumping in, like, the middle of, like, hundreds of droids. But what what does Grievous have? Grievous loves challenging Jedi. And Obi-Wan knows this. That's why he collects the sabers. Because he so loves to engage. that's why Obi-Wan took a total of, like, two fucking minutes 
rubbed his beard, and he was like, I'm just going to jump down there, because Grievous' pride's not going to let him. He's not going to let the droids attack me, because he wants to have the glory of destroying the famous Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. Yeah. That's know, why he jumps down there, because he's like, Grievous' um, uh, like his, uh, his emotions will not allow him to just simply let the droids kill Obi-Wan. This is the thing about Sith. He's got to duel him himself. They're emotionally attached. They know that they have to impress their masters and stuff. And Grievous is still working off of the idea that he's got to basically... Um, he he basically has to destroy Obi-Wan and destroy the Jedi so that it looks like he's doing a good job. Because you got to remember, he's still taking orders from... Uh, not Palpatine, but he's taking orders from, you know, the real Sith. You know, the Sith version of Palpatine. You know? Yeah. He's taking orders from the Sith version of Palpatine. Not Sidious. The, from Sidious himself. He's not taking orders from Palpatine because Palpatine still has to be good guy Chancellor dude. You know? And, um... He has to be artsy Hitler type guy. Right, yeah. The Hitler dude that liked paintings and people like to hang out with, not the Hitler guy that tried to cause mass genocide on a race of peaceful people. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, the... <laughs> and he's he's very compared to that, you know. So... Yeah, and... It, and, uh... There's some more Obi-Wan stuff in here later on, too, because there was a comment... Yeah, I left a comment in here uh, that was like, like directly because I want you to react to it. I'll, I'll let you know when I get to it. But um, this uh, this next one, do you have an Uncle Owen joke here prepared for the break on this one? I I'm, do. I'm going to a new <laughs> I comment. I actually do. Um, so it's a new comment. So uh, what do you call it when only one Star Wars character gives you a round of applause? Uh... uh Hand solo. <laughs> oh, God. That's probably the worst one of all. <laughs> They're Good all pretty bad. Lord, They're that's all awful. Bad. They're all really bad. Uncle Owen. If you don't laugh at them, though, you have no humor. You have no salt. Because <laughs> um, they're bad, but they're funny. Uncle Owen has to be a part of these. That's why I included this. Yeah. Um, Uncle Owen was great. Yeah. And Aunt Baru. She was awesome with pouring that blue milk. Yeah, the blue <laughs> milk looked delicious. Yeah. I mean... Get some blue milk with some green eggs and ham. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you just have yourself a nice little Dr. Seuss breakfast, you know? Um, but, uh, so this next one, they gave it a 4 out of 10. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, it says... Probably but then it's, on accident. <laughs> but then this says, uh, this is what passes for a good movie? Question mark. Uh, and so this is made by uh, the Sea Lion. <laughs> that's the their user. That's their, yeah, that's what their username is, the Sea Lion. And this is from August of 2013. So this is you know recent, you know to a degree, a few years ago. And it says, uh, "I am no stranger to the Star Wars films. I've seen all six of them, and even the infamous Clone Wars movie from 2008. This terrifies me." Yeah, I mean, there's not <laughs> six of them in the Clone Wars movie. That's part of the six of them. The Clone Wars movie is part of the Clone Wars TV show. Yeah. You know. Um, and, but he says, like, this terrifies me. 
It's terrifying. Like, I've seen so much Star Wars that I'm actually, like, it terrifies my soul, you know? Too um, much wars. Right. I can understand people claiming this is the best of the prequels, but then there's all that talk about how how is it as good or even uh, better than Empire Strikes Back. How is this film that popular? I do not understand. Uh, let me start off with a few positives. This is the first film in the prequels where I have no questions from the opening crawl, and I understand what is going on and what is at stake and why I should care. Next, it downplays the romance element from Attack of the Clones, and the dialogue has improved quite a bit. Uh, now for the bad. The acting is terrible, with the exception of Ewan McGregor, Ian McDiarmid, Frank Oz, and to a lesser extent, Anthony Daniels and Jimmy Smits. Now, I mean, how much is C-3PO actually used in this that he can say, like, you know what, Anthony Daniels did a good job in this movie? He was an amazing actor. How many lines of dialogue does C-3PO have in this movie? Who knows? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too much dialogue. <laughs> Shut up, 3PO, and serve my drink like a good butler. <laughs> Shut up. That's another thing The Last Jedi got right. <laughs> right? Fucking... Fucking Poe Dameron told that thing to shut up so many times in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, shut up! <laughs> um, uh, but it says, uh, uh, Hayden Christensen does improve from his performance from Attack of the Clones, but it all feels overplayed. Natalie Portman has a few good scenes, but is overall bad in this film. Samuel L. Jackson is very monotone in this film, as is Christopher Lee. So with that, a majority of the main cast does not do very well in the acting department. Right. You know, Natalie Portman, Samuel L. Jackson, Christopher Lee, garbage. Yeah, Christopher Lee is just terrible. I mean, what has he ever made that's been good, right? Like, who else could have played Count Dooku that would give him... That would make you make you feel for Count Dooku, you know? Besides like Anthony Hopkins, probably nobody. Yeah, Anthony <laughs> Hopkins would probably be the only other guy you'd be like, okay, I could totally see him as Dooku. Otherwise, it kind of has to be Christopher Lee. Because, you know, George Lucas was like, definitely wanted Christopher Lee to play this because didn't he kind of base that character on like, Christopher Lee anyway? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it says uh, a lot of the things in this film are over or underdone. Most of the acting and story is underdone. The ending and the dark tone are overdone. It seems like to be a dark film. Uh, Lucas believes that it has to be PG-13. I'm sure that is not the case, but it feels that way. The ending is more like a soap opera season finale than the actual climax to a film series with a plot element like Padme losing the will to live and the race against the clock to save well, the babies. I'm glad he mentions the soap opera thing because... Um... What is Star Wars again? That's exactly what George Lucas wanted to be. A soap opera. In space. <laughs> In space. About the Skywalkers. Yeah. That's literally what he said <laughs> since the beginning. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the the thing is, is that when people say, like, the, you know, like this seems like it's like a soap opera, a, you know, season finale because it's very over-the-top and, like, everything seems like it all goes to shit. It has to, because this is the episode that creates Darth Vader. It exposes Sidious as the Emperor. The entire Republic collapses. The Jedi Order is destroyed. You think this is supposed to end with, like, 
fucking Anakin and Padme and Obi-Wan, like, skipping through a flower field or something? Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? How the fuck do you think this was going to end? Yeah. People are going to die. People are going to die. It's going to end in darkness. Yeah, the Empire's going to form out of this. They're going to start working on shit like the Death Star. This forms the Rebellion. You know, at this point, you know, the, the fucking... Rogue One has 19 more years before they steal the fucking plan. <laughs> All you had to do was just go to, like, you know, just get that shit from the Geonosians because they had the plans they anyway. They had plans. But what was the thing you were talking about the other day where, like, only the, the head guy would have all of the blueprints anyway? Yeah. Uh, Tell the people about that because yeah. I heard this the other day at Christmas time. We were talking about this, and I'm like... So, so how blueprints work, uh, the, the, the owner hands out blueprints to different construction people, and it'll be construction plans for whatever your profession is. That's the only plans that you would actually get that you're working on. Only the person that owns the company or runs it would have the entire blueprint. So they would literally have to take the blueprints from Darth Vader to get them anyway. Or the Emperor. So what happens in Rogue One actually doesn't make any sense. Would they have the entire Unless blueprint? Unless they put one whole blueprint on one easy drive to find so their enemies could get it. Because other than that, Every different construction job has a different set of blueprints because you don't have one set of blueprints to build anything. Yeah. You have multiple sets to build certain things at a time. It's different pieces. I work in construction. I know how this works. So uh, only the guy that runs it would have the whole blueprint. So they'd literally have to take the shit from Darth Vader. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't hate Rogue One, but doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of Rogue One, I was thinking of other people that they could recast as Jen Ursa. Okay. So, I had just a few thoughts. Like, for one, Sarah Jessica Parker. As Jen. Um, John uh, Elway. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey. Okay. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I'm making fun of her big ass teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or a donkey, you know. Or a donkey. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh man, the uh, <laughs> we're gonna have people that love Rogue One. That's gonna be like, you know what? Fuck me on the head. It was the greatest Star Wars movie ever. No, it didn't need to be made. It's not the greatest Star Wars movie. It's, it was a good movie. It's not the greatest Star Wars movie ever. It's made. gonna be kind of like the Han Solo movie. It's like it might be okay, but it's does does this have to be told? Right, it's it's not a, actually a part of a story that actually needs to be told. It's cool because you're like, oh, how'd they get the plans? And then they get the plans of this movie, and you're just like, it probably should have been a little bit more complicated than that. The the best the, part of Rogue One, honestly, is Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen is the best part of that. Yeah, he is amazing in that. I'm one with the Force, and the Force is with me. <laughs> and I, and it might be a thing where me and movies like stuff like, this is a rebellion, is it? I rebel. I hate those lines in movies or TV shows because it just seems so shallow. I, I just, I really hate them. <laughs> well, didn't they take that out of the actual cut? They, that was in the trailer, but they didn't use it in the movie. No, she she says that in the movie. Or maybe, maybe because I, I haven't seen it enough. I, I thought they did that in the I trailer. I fell asleep. And then they cut it. Part of the movie. <laughs> I, I thought that they cut that part out. No, it's in the movie. Or the 
movie the movie version that I watched of it, it was in it. Oh. Um But anyway. <laughs> this isn't the Gen Urso podcast. This <laughs> is not the Gen Urso podcast. I could probably do one though. Um, um <laughs> But it, it's almost like in Game of Thrones where it's just like uh Daenerys is just like uh shall we begin or something like that. And I was like and I love Game of Thrones, but I was like, "What is she fucking con or something? Yeah. Why does she say that?" <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, who's she talking to? <laughs> it's like Shao Kahn. It has begun. <laughs> it has begun. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> we might end up doing Mortal Kombat as an episode too, because there is a lot of people that hate that movie, hate the game, everything. That that will probably be an episode at some point. Um, <laughs> But, uh, so continuing along here, uh, it says, A problem arises with the character of Anakin Skywalker. In the last film, it might have been understandable that he was whiny and arrogant as he was younger and less mature, but at this point he's been fighting the Clone Wars for several years and it has lessened, but only by a small amount. He still acts whiny and arrogant, claiming the Council is holding him back from being a Jedi Master, and this is the guy we're supposed to feel sympathy for when he tragically falls to the dark side. You have no sympathy for Anakin, and thus you do not want to route for him in this film. Now, just so you know, I said it like that because that's what it says. When you look at that word, Steve, does that say root or route? That says, okay, I see it right That's root. That's, that's uh, root. yeah. No, that's that, supposed to be route. They yeah, put that, route. That motherfucker's driving a car. Right. Uh, to turn make... left, Anakin, turn left. <laughs> You're going to go into the lava. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Why'd you have to route for him? The Obi-Wan <laughs> GPS always takes you to the lava. <laughs> he never takes you to the high ground. Right. He's already there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I can't I can't navigate you up that hill. Why not? Because I have the high ground. <laughs> because I have the high ground. Damn you, Obi-Wan GPS, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I can never get up that fucking hill. I can never get up the hill. Uh, to make matters worse, it isn't even one of those things where you want to route for the villains instead. He says it twice. Yeah, no, he keeps doing it. You do, you do want to, you do not want to route for anyone. If you do not want to route for any of the characters in this film, is boring, plain, and simple. Uh, once again, I have to ask: this passes for a good movie. Um, I have yeah. to ask: this passes for a good movie, or? Does I have to ask? It's, does this pass for a good movie? Yeah, it says once again. I have to ask. This passes for a good movie. Okay, thanks. They phrased it badly, but I knew what he was trying to say. It's like, do, you know, do people think that this passes for a good movie? Yeah, but he stated it like this passes for a good movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe he needs to take a, a a route to the library to learn how to use words because. <laughs> You, 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 root and route are two totally different words. Um, but, but, this dude uh, would, like, GPS you into a fucking ditch. For sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, he's a sea lion, so whatever. Um, so probably a Seahawks fan. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't say if they're from Seattle, but it would, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but, uh, so this next one is from Sean Lawrence. And uh, Sean gave it a 3 out of 10. And it says, uh, Disappointing enough for me to join IMDb to post a review. That's literally what it says. I love it when people... That's one of the reasons I saved this. 
because they literally said that they joined IMDb to post a review. Good. <laughs> to me, I part of me, even if I even if there's something that I can't stand, like the Transformers movies. You know, and we're beyond the hate, so we're not going to ever cover the Transformers movies. There's only one Transformers movie that's worth the shit, and it was the animated one in the 80s. Case closed. But, I'm not going to sit Wait, in are here... are you telling me you hate Norm Shallow Buff? <laughs> Just do it! <laughs> Just do it! <laughs> but, um... Those movies were not Shallow Buff's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not shy as fault. Um, Stop with King Phoenix in your career, Shy. Right? <laughs> You're fucking it all up, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, the thing... <laughs> I just... To me, it's like... I've, I've never... And, and, like, I don't like the Transformers movies because I've seen a little bit of them. Not my kind of thing. I don't like Michael Bay in general. I've already went over that. But never at one point was I was like, I fucking hate Michael Bay so much, I'm going to go on IMDb, make an account, and talk shit about this guy for, like, 30 minutes in a review. I don't care enough about Michael Bay to do that to waste my time. And Michael Bay things are very simple. It's just really lazy. Yeah. It's just, you know, crazy camera angles, a bunch of explosions, and, like, just, like, really, like, you know, it's like superhero shots. That's basically what all of his movies are. He's like, I'm going to have, like, a half-naked Megan Fox. People are going to watch that. Um, yeah. That's it. And then he basically did the same thing for Ninja Turtles. It was like, Ninja Turtles are kind of like a secondary thing. Uh, Megan Fox is just going to be, like, really super hot. And then, boom, a movie. <laughs> That's like, that's two Ninja Turtles references in one episode. <laughs> we are killing it. We are killing it right now. Um, so, this one, and this one is uh, very unique because this person actually gives us a profile of their personal life. Unique <laughs> So, it says um, Star Wars, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Rating, 3 out of 10. Bum, bum, bum. A major letdown with laugh out loud, bad dialogue, and computer generated overload. It was great to see the Darth Vader suit fitting, but the rest was pretty much disposable. Kids who haven't seen many films or fans of computer-generated overload movies such as Van Helsing will like it. Um, <laughs> why, why is it such a letdown? I love the original three movies and bought the toys as a kid. The original Star Wars trilogy wasn't just a movie series. It was a major part of my childhood. I think that's a lot of fucking people. Don't fuck with my childhood. Don't I fuck with my childhood, man. This guy could be a serial killer. Right. Oh, no. This is, goes deeper. Oh, uh, shit. It says, about me, age, 28. Job, art director slash computer designer. Education, double major in advertising and telecommunications. He's setting a profile. Bachelor of Arts. Like, this, I almost thought, that, like, this was, like, he fucked up and meant to put this on, like, eHarmony, and then he ended up fucking yeah, up. I and... thought so, yeah. This <laughs> seems like a resume. Um... Marital status, married, viewing habits, one or two movies a week, roughly 65 movies a year. Star Wars history, uh, have seen all six movies. I own the original trilogy on DVD. I collected nearly all the, all the toys in elementary school. I, I don't understand why you put this in here. I've never seen, in the all the time that we've been doing this, I've never seen somebody that actually was like, you know what, let me give you a background about me so you understand... My headspace. I literally don't give a shit about anything that you wrote he, on there. He's trying to add credibility what, to what he's about to say. 
Right. Like, look, I'm a good dude. But now that I've said that, fuck this, this movie. movie. <laughs> um, so and look, look, just just to let you know, that adds no credibility at all. I don't give yeah. a fuck what your major was. Or that you you're you like, you know, you know, double major in like telecommunications and stuff. That means nothing. Yeah. At all. So it's like does <laughs> does that mean that does that make you Oh uh, shit, better listen to this guy. Yeah, does that mean that you're more able to make a critique of this movie than me or Steve, for example? Yeah. Because we don't work in the Hollywood, we don't we don't review movies for a living. This yeah, this guy's already trying to insert that he's more intelligent than the people he's talking to. Right. So he seems like he is like qualified to talk about it, which he's yeah. not. You know, it, well, actually, he is. Everybody's qualified to talk about a movie. Anybody is. But you need to know what you're talking about before you talk about it. Right. Instead of just being like, look, I oh, majored in this. Yeah, John's just kicking shit down if you heard any noises. He likes to kick shit whenever people start talking about majors and stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I fucked up. My bad. Uh, for anybody who was listening on headphones and heard this loud metallic bang, that was my bad. He um, did it on purpose. He was getting pissed because of this D bag. Um, oh yeah, this continues on here. He's got like a whole little rundown here. Um, it says the good, the Darth Vader suit fitting for Aunt Va- for <laughs> Aunt Vader. <laughs> <Ant-Vader>. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. I really fucked that up. It's Aunt Vader. Aunt Vader. Uh, the Darth Vader's. <laughs> See, I can't even continue now. Uh, the Darth Vader suit fitting for Anakin Skywalker easily. Oh, Vader. <laughs> easily the best dramatic scene in the movie. Uh, spaceship slash vehicle design. The new ships have a great look to them. I particularly like the all-terrain vehicle used by General Grievous. Which was like a giant, like rolling hamster wheel thing. It was actually like it looked weird, but I'm like it's cool, I guess. Um, the night city scenes, uh, the flying cars, buildings, lighting, etc., were are very pretty. Uh, Mr. Ian McDiarmid as Supreme Chancellor Cal- Palpatine, great performance, easily the best in the movie. Uh, no speaking parts for Jar Jar. He only appre- appears briefly. Multiple lightsaber fights. Hayden Christensen looks great as a sinister villain. Some old favorites appear in the film. Darth Vader, R2-D2, C-3PO, Chewbacca. Now, R2-D2 and C-3PO are like in every fucking Star Wars movie, so that's... I mean, the only part about that that makes any sense is, like, Chewbacca, I guess. And then at the end, he puts another great John Williams musical score, which the score for this movie actually is pretty awesome. Uh, And then it says on here, uh, The Bad. So this is where he starts to... uh, now that he's already set up that, like, yo, he did like things in the movie. Now he's just going to tear it a new asshole, and he's just going to dive right in and just start tearing the movie up, right? So it says, um, uh, the space fight in the beginning feels like watching next generation video game footage. The viewer never gets a sense of that the actors are in danger like in the original trilogy. Yoda should have stayed a puppet during uh, close-up dialogue scenes. It feels like you're watching a cartoon every time you... Uh, see camera cuts to a close-up of Yoda. His eyes are the main offender. The lighting does not look right. So, you're saying that, like, I am, uh, like, ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, 
doesn't know how to do lighting on CG characters. <laughs> really? <laughs> this is this is the same people that did the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. Whenever you look at Jurassic Park, do you think like, oh, they didn't get the lighting right on the T-Rex? Like, does that thought ever cross your mind when you watch something like Jurassic Park? No. Exactly. So you're going to say that these people don't know how to make lighting look correct on a on a computer-generated model? Yeah, this guy's an idiot. Um, so, and then it says, the love dialogue is terrible. For example, you are so beautiful. That's only because I'm so in love. No, it's because I'm so in love with you. The premise for Anakin Skywalker betraying the Jedi is ridiculous. A certain someone might be able to help Anakin out with his problem, but there is no guarantee. So Anakin destroys all and turns to the dark side. Right. People just don't sacrifice everything for maybe. Um, Natalie Portman wears a hat that looks like an old school leather football helmet. <laughs> Laugh out loud funny is not good during serious scenes. <laughs> well, there's one part whenever she's in the, in the Senate and uh, her hair is uh, done in a certain way. If you look at it very close... It's done in the shape of the rebel symbol. And it's done on purpose. Oh, really? I have to go back and look at that because I don't remember seeing yeah. that. Her is hair that when is, she's in the Senate? Yeah, when she's in the Senate. If you pay attention, her hair is done like the rebel symbol. Oh, okay. And that is done on purpose. Also, like at the beginning of the movie when she tells Anakin that she's pregnant and she kind of has the Princess Leia buns on the side, it, yeah. it, it kind of reminds you of Leia's, you know, Leia's like famous hairstyle pretty sexy yeah <laughs> like natalie portman makes that little like little split cinnamon bun look look like really sexy for some reason it's, it's like super sexy <laughs> right and she does not have to fuck right <laughs> even though yeah if you if you listen to the attack of the clones <laughs> episode just because you direct sexy doesn't mean that you have to fuck that person yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just reiterating you do not have to do that <laughs> yeah um, you can just be sexy uh, yeah, and it says, uh, so their next point is no Han Solo type characters slash comedy to break up the seriousness of the movie. This movie desperately needs someone like him to make, uh, make it much for much more fun to watch. Uh, example, Han Solo. This guy so wanted more comedy in Star Wars. Yeah. You know, he's probably found another review where he bitches about Jar Jar Binks. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, like when Han Solo says, laugh it up fuzzball to Chewbacca. And then uh, it says uh, computer generated overload. You know, I got I would go over that again, but he's already talked about it looking like, like a cartoon or a video game. He just says it again. Uh, Yoda's advice is garbage. Yoda tells Anakin to let go of everything you fear to lose. This basically translates to don't truly care about anyone or anything. Not the best advice from the great thinking Jedi. No, that's not what that means. That means uh, don't. Uh, and that's not exactly what he says either. He says, "Don't fear the the loss of the person that you love." Basically, and uh, death is a part of life. Yeah, death is a part of life, and that's basically what he says. He's telling him to accept that he could lose the person. Not don't give don't give no fucks about anybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Jedi Order. Yolo, we don't believe in anything. We're fucking nihilists. <laughs> <laughs> you only live once, right? You only uh, live once. Don't give no fucks. Here's some cocaine, Anakin. Right. Let's rock this shit. Are Let's your wife's go, gonna baby. Die? Fuck that. You're off the hook. 
I got this from uh, some dude named Solo. He got me a good deal on it. He got me some good deal because he's a drug dealer. <laughs> right. I think we've made our point that Han Solo is a drug dealer. Don't forget that. Don't forget he's a drug dealer. You watch the Han Solo movie. Solo movie you're watching a movie about a drug dealer in space. <laughs> making the Michael Kesso run. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, also, don't forget that the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it says, uh, <laughs> all the interiors are far too perfect to be believable. A lack of clutter or quirkiness in any of the rooms does not make this world seem real. People do not live in laboratories. Um, this next point. Hayden, People don't live in anything that's in Star Wars. It's a fucking... It's a fantasy movie. It's made up. It's not real. None of this shit's real. Uh, Hayden Christensen is not believable. His lines are terrible and forced. Also, his character is far too irrational. I believe the direction and the script are to blame. Yeah, because he's Anakin Skywalker. He's not the most stable person on the planet. He's going to be irrational. And look, you think Luke, Luke's lines were any better? I mean, it's a space movie. It's supposed to be something that's supposed to be odd and different and new. You know, they're not they're not going to be talking like, you know, Americans and shit. Right. Um, and it says, uh, so the next part says, Lava Planet fights. Not believable. Due to heat, smoke, etc., a fight would never happen in this environment. Yeah, no kidding. But <laughs> it's a fucking movie. <laughs> Star Wars, right? And they're they're Jedi. Who who knows the the temperatures and stuff that they could take? Right. Being so force sensitive and everything like that. Who knows? I mean, and honestly, who cares? Because it was a badass fight from start to finish. So you know, go fuck yourself. Right. Yeah. Just because you're like, it's not true. They can't float over the lava. They'd like burn to death. Yeah, they probably would if they were humans. They're fucking Jedi's. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, can, Anakin does they, burn. They can, focus, <laughs> they can focus the force at that parts of their bodies and protect themselves. You don't know what they're doing the whole time that they're doing those fights. Does George Lucas literally have to explain it to you the whole fucking time? Did, did he need to make these movies with a narrator that, like, baby talked you through the whole fucking movie? Or, like, uh, what's the, like, Arrested Development where you've got, like, the narrator that yeah. pops Did in? Yeah, do we need Jason Bateman talking to you through the whole fucking movie? It's like... We'll see that in this scene that he's using the force on his legs so they don't burn while they're doing this fight. And Jedi's can also jump like, you know, 20 feet in the air and can land with cat like reflexes. Doesn't because break a bone. It's called the force. Right. <laughs> oh, you don't know what it is? That's because you're a fucking idiot. George right. Lucas is like, I didn't write that part, Bateman. You want to cut it out? No, I don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then this next one, this next one, uh, is going to really hit deep at your, at our love for Obi-Wan giant iguanas make for cheesy transportation. I couldn't believe this scene made the final cut. Ouch. Obi-Wan's dragon's badass. That is a badass dragon. And you know what? He actually, Grievous his little wheel thing up. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that was. His little, his little hamster wheel. Yeah. His little hamster wheel. That's what it was. It was a hamster wheel with like bike handles. Yeah. I mean, I would much rather ride the dragon than, like, that fucking thing that Grievous yeah. was in. Don't the you want to ride ball. the dragon? And I'm not talking about heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about 
uh, doing heroin there. It's a different type of dragon riding there. That's <laughs> 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 totally different. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like that actually becomes useful because the sound that that thing makes, he learns how to mimic that, and that's what chases the Tusken Raiders away when he first meets up with Luke. Yeah, boom, mind blown. Yeah, because he learns how that he learns how to mimic that thing. He's fucking friends with iguanas. Yeah, maybe he can tame dragons like that. You don't fucking know. And don't lie. You'd love to have a giant ass iguana. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See those people that say like oh, giant iguanas make for cheesy transportation. Yeah. What if you could go to work with one of them? That fucking motherfucker things? would own one right now. Yeah, he would like have a saddle for that shit. He would give it a name. It'd probably be like Barry or something. George Lucas is in a room talking about, you guys know what would be cool? A giant iguana. And everybody's like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> also, Obi-Wan's going to ride it to chase down Grievous. It's like, That's fuck awesome. yeah. Should He's we gonna have, do like, a... Dio do a song to this? <laughs> <laughs> or no, we can get the dude from uh, Fury Road that's playing at the front yeah. of the convoy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> He's like bouncing up and down and stuff. That dude has to be, like, the most badass dude ever. I want to know his story. Make yeah. a movie about that guy that's on the guitar and the bungee chords and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that dude's awesome. Oh. Find out it's, like, Mick from Slipknot. <laughs> right, yeah. It'll be like, yeah, Mick survives the apocalypse. It just becomes the, you know, the, the guitar player for your impending doom when the convoy reaches you. <laughs> In the Grand Imperator, you know. Um <laughs> But anyway, so uh, this is the uh, this is the the last comment, and I I had to save this one because the amount of, of hate for Natalie Portman in this one is very strong. So it says uh, three out of ten, uh, and this is from the the Barnes Yard, the Barnes Yard, yeah Barnes Yard, Uncle Fucker, <laughs> and it says. Um, uh, uh, bubbles forever blowing, and um, now it, it explains itself. I have to go further in. I, you know, this this is an adventure here. It says I would just like to point out one thing to all the apologists who are salivating all over this movie. The worst of the six, in my opinion. There is a scene at the concert hall where Palpatine and Skywalker muse over the nature of the dark side while watching what appears to be a giant bubble. It is a giant bubble if you have fucking eyes. Um, if anyone can yeah, explain, it to be one. It <laughs> yeah, is. it is a giant fucking bubble with like an opera shit going on inside of it. Yeah, people's um, watched worse. Right. Uh, if anyone can explain this without sounding like an idiot, I will change my tune. This really changes the nature of the entire Star Wars sextet, which means six, by the way. Uh, when Lucas spliced in dig digitized shots of cheering crowds in the new edition of Return of the Jedi. We now know what they were cheering. Not the demise of the Empire, but a return of the bubble that shows that they were a hallmark of <laughs> the, the return Republic. return of the bubble. <laughs> uh, add to this the fact that the entire new trilogy seems to be built on the notion that Queen Padme is the freak nastiest lady in the entire galaxy. Uh, to wit, she is the elected queen of a planet populated by Rastafarian rabbit men, so annoying they are forced to live underwater. She takes a six-year-old boy from his mother and ends up bedding him even after or because he is fitted with a robot hand and she wills herself to die after giving birth to twins because the father, who just destroyed her beloved Republic and attempted to kill her and all her friends, did not show up for the delivery. Yes, that Padme is one sick space freak. 
Yeah, uh, he's not six. Yeah, he's like <laughs> nine in he's Phantom nine Menace. He's nine and she's 14. And also, she doesn't have <laughs> sex with him when she's nine. She'd be a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, she, they grow up. Because, like, from one to two is ten years. Ten years. So by the time that they actually <laughs> have sex, you would imagine it's probably probably he, after they get married in Attack of the Clones. He's Anakin's 19, in his 20s. and she's 24. Yeah. You know? It's like, uh, so, yeah, so he's like 19. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, um, you know, I mean, he's... That's all fine. Yeah, she doesn't have sex with him when he's six. Yeah, she That's doesn't fucking... fuck him in, uh, what's his name's, like, junkyard or whatever. In Wild's junkyard? Yeah, she doesn't just... Hey, come over like... here by the by the, uh, the the hyperdrive engines. Let's let's go back here and have some yeah, fun. Yeah, so that, that doesn't happen. Are you an angel? No, I'm a freak. <laughs> Nasty. I'm freaking It's nasty. like, no, 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 no. That's Don Shula. Yeah. Don Shula was the most freak nasty cornerback ever in the history of the NFL. If you don't know who he is, just type in freak nasty into Google and his they'll face will know, pop up. They'll know exactly who freak nasty is. Right? <laughs> but uh, uh, just that, that whole thing, like I had to save that because I'm like... I'm like, who watches this movie and thinks, like, oh, Padme, like, abused him when he was a child? Like, no! Nobody thought that. Nobody thought that at all. And they're they're obsessed with the bubble from the opera house. (laughs) You know, there's worse shit at the opera house than a bubble floating around making different colors. I mean, a lot of people love, you know, when you're a kid, you like to have bubbles blown at you and shit. (laughs) But that's not the point of that Just scene. Just imagine if that makes me... Yeah, that's not even the point of the scene. It's him telling him that bullshit story so he can he's, turn him to the dark side. He's trying to seduce Anakin to the dark side. He's trying to turn him in that scene. Dark side people are fucking liars. Who in that... I mean, who watches that movie and sees the, you know, the Why is the that opera? bubble more entertaining? It's like, fuck that bubble. This scene's not about the bubble. It's about... Palpatine trying to, you know, get into Anakin's mind and, like, you know, fuck with him. He's trying to get him to turn. They literally could have been watching Spongebob on ice and that shit wouldn't have mattered at all. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just the thing that gets me is, like, who watches that scene and they're more focused on the bubble than what's going on in the scene? That's partly the reason why they probably didn't understand how the fuck the movie ended up like it did because they weren't paying attention. They were probably looking at shit in the background the whole movie. This guy's like... That opera wasn't great, so fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, you can't even tell what's going on. It looks like it's from, like, fucking Final Fantasy X out here. I want to watch the opera. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to play Blitzball? What the fuck is this? <laughs> Where's Tetis? I want to see Tetis. Why are these two idiots talking when there's supposed to be Blitzball going on? Is this the halftime show? Who the fuck watches this movie and is more fascinated with the bubble than the fucking epic twist that Palpatine's doing to Anakin's mind? Yeah, someone with severe ADD, that's it. Right. Uh, (laughs) They're probably on their phone like, okay, yeah, I will talk to you later. What's going on? Oh, wait, there's a giant fucking bubble there. Fuck this bubble. (laughs) This bubble makes no sense. What's the fucking point of this? Okay, so... um, (laughs) We're getting towards the end of the episode. I want to do one more thing before we end it here. And that's casting for a movie of Aunt Vader. <laughs> you just... That's what you were writing earlier. I make one fuck up in speaking. 
and he wants to go ahead and make a thing out of it. Okay, I'm, I'm game. Let's do okay. this. Okay, okay. So the first casting choice I have for Aunt Vader is uh, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a Mr. Mom thing. Yeah, Mr. Mom. It's uh, Aunt Vader. <laughs> uh, okay. So then, I would okay. For mine, it would be it would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Aunt Vader. Yeah, because he even okay. has like he even has the cool voice. Yeah, he does. Imagine, he does imagine Arnold with like the the Vader voice mask thing. That would be awesome. Okay, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Could you imagine him just like driving around a minivan to go go pick up the nieces <laughs> and nephews from soccer practice? As you know, Vader or I'm whatever. banging seven gram rocks. <laughs> now get your gear in the back. We gotta go. I gotta pick up a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> starts doing the breathing thing yeah <laughs> god that would be that would be awful <laughs> aunt vader coming to a theater near you and then under and then under under it it just says it's still gonna be better than the han solo movie <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. And tell me you wouldn't watch aunt vader you... oh remember the remember from space balls they had the the giant vacuum that was the ship right that could be the vacuum of aunt vader that could be the vacuum. <laughs> Speaking of that, Rick Moranis could just do it. Right. <laughs> Dark Helmet. Dark Helmet. Yeah. You know, he's already done that. It's well within his wheelhouse, you know? <laughs> you know, and if all else fails, just get The Rock. Right, because The Rock can be in every movie. <laughs> Hell, he's going to be our next president. Like, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. he would. He's going he's gonna to run. Like, we already know this. He's, he already has. I read an article that said that he for real has... Uh, some like people put together as a team to to see if he could you know possibly run for president. And yeah, I mean he could because you don't actually have to have any type of experience. You don't have to have experience or talent or anything. You just have to be likable. And the Rock is definitely likable. We're using this podcast to announce that we are not running for president. <laughs> right? Not anytime soon. No, we don't even meet the age requirements. But I'm pretty sure that we're. More intelligent than Trump. But, you know, we're not political at all. I'm just stating fact there. I think no. that's a fact. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I beat him in arm wrestling one time. Yeah. Well, I mean, with his tiny hands, he has no grip. So. Yeah, I, mean, I just put my hand, like, completely over his. Just, <laughs> just turn it over. Turn it over. Over the top, Sylvester Stallone. And then he told everybody, Boom. And then he, told everybody he won. Right, yeah. Because he has more money than us, so. Yeah, yeah ultimately the money wins. He's right? rich. He's right. <laughs> okay, well, this has been Beyond the Hate. This has been Revenge of the Sith. And goodbye. I, goodbye. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. You underestimate my power. Don't try it. chosen one it was said that you would destroy this and not join them bring balance to the force not leave it in darkness
my brother Anakin! <laughs> 